Welcome to the Kingdom ROI Return on Intention Show. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavit, the Kingdom ROI Strategist. Families and businesses hire me to create, grow, and protect generational wealth by discovering that what they do in their family's living room matters more than what they do in their boardroom or advisor's conference room. On this show, I'm here to tell the stories of families and business owners who recognize that they didn't have a growth problem, they had a relationship and priority problem. We'll hear stories and the journey these families who recognize that business and financial growth weren't what mattered. They know that their relationships and priorities is what's going to determine their outcomes. So stick around to hear the hardships they've faced, the lessons they've learned, and the wisdom they wish they would have known along the way. Each story captures the blessings and the struggles of pursuing return on intention instead of return on investment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 40 minutes where we take the world's broken mindsets and systems and turn them upside down. Welcome to the Return on Intention Show. I've brought you another special guest because what you know is that in business, what I do is help faith-based business owners create lives to grow and protect generational abundance by minimizing the over 50% of destruction of wealth that happens during our lifetimes and then again after we pass away. So our guest today has lived a life with the understanding that to truly achieve abundance, it's not about the best financial or business strategy it truly is about acknowledging that what we do in our living rooms matters more than what we do in any conference or boardroom. So I am so excited about diving more into the story of the journey of our guest today. So let me just introduce you to Eric Pineapple Weber. Pineapple, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you're here. Um, Get us started a little bit to kind of an overview. I, you and I met at a, at a Christian business conference um, and hit it off right away. Uh, you, you have an incredible story, an incredible amount of energy. Tell my guests a little bit kind of about who you are, what you're doing right now, kind of who you help. Um, and then the other thing to kind of kick us off, my other favorite question is, what is your superpower? Yeah, cool. Um, so uh, right now, um, in, in my present time right now, I'm helping uh, homeless people in Sioux Falls, South Dakota and around the nation. Um, I also collaborate and help other missions. So I run a mission that was going bankrupt four years ago, right pre-COVID, and then I took over and um, well, God did some amazing things through that. So um, again, I run a homeless shelter that we have 52 employees. Mm. We, um, our, our budget is 3.6 million a year. Um, and we have wraparound mm. services and we just take care of people. That's fantastic. What, what do you think you're, what do you, what's your superpower? My superpower is intentionality. Hmm. Hmm. That's really good. That's really good. Hey, so I'm going to let, I'm going to kind of leave this a little open-ended because I really, I really want to know where you're going to take this. The show is return on intention. And kind of the idea of, you know, how God kind of weaves our stories and we think we're headed one direction, but God's got a different plan. Um, and what we think success looks like is not always what we think it's going to look like. Where, If you were going to tell the story of Eric Pineapple Weber in your life, like where would you start and how would you kind of put the God part of this in this? Like how, how has God impacted you in your life? Yeah, so um, actually, it really started when I was eight years old. Um, didn't grow up in the church, don't have any family in the church or anything like that. 
Um, I was born in Hawaii and um, my dad was a police officer in Hawaii. And when I was eight, my father hung me on the back of the door to get back at my mother because they were getting a divorce. And so I was a kid that was Mm. hung by a police officer in Hawaii. And, um, but the necktie broke. Now, I don't know if you know about anything about neckties. I've been trying to break them my whole life, like trying to rip them. And this necktie just ripped right across and I fell to the ground. I was a purple kid. Um, my mom found me, rushed me to the hospital. Um, my dad got a slap on the, the hand because he was a cop. And back, you know, those days, you know, and what is that like 76, 77 or something like that. Um, just yeah. slap, you know, it wasn't really child abuse. Yeah. It was just kind of, you know, just stop it, you know. So my parents got divorced. Mm. Um, I, I, I was doing bad things. I was acting out, doing dope, smoking weed. Um, left Hawaii. My mom was like, we're getting you out of Hawaii. Uh, left and we moved to East LA. Perfect place to live, right? <laughs> so I go right yes, in. From, yes. I go from the fire to the frying pan, you know? So, And uh, then I have, I was gangbanging all the way up to 17 years old, 18. I was getting, I um, was arrested probably 25, 35 times in my juvenile history. Um, uh, 17 years old, I was being tried in as adult um, for a lot of different things. I had nine strikes against me in a three strike uh, state mm. of California. And um, I discovered Jesus on a toilet, man. Um, literally, I was in an eight and a half by 10 cell all by myself. And um, a Gideon guy came one time to the prison and he, he's like, hey, you want a Bible? And I looked at him, I says, Oh, yes, I want a Bible. And he's like, cool. And I, and, and I told him, I said, Pappy, because his name's Pappy Pole, and he was from Oregon. And I said, I am going to like smoke those pages because I have tobacco, but no rolls. <laughs> and back then, those Gideon Bibles were made out of zigzag paper, you know, so you can actually smoke those. Really? Yeah. And because it was a really thin, light paper that they printed on. And those were actually made, that was zigzags. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so I, so then he said, Hey, would you do me a favor? Just, would you read, read a page and then smoke it? And then like, just read it first and then smoke it. And I said, yeah, I go, yeah, I could do that. You know, cause I'm eight and a half by 10 by myself, you know? And, uh, and I was angry, man. I, let me tell you, I was an angry person. Like I was just like, not good. Didn't have Jesus. Didn't have nothing. Didn't have the Holy spirit moving in me. And I was just like, whatever. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. read it. And so I, I started reading it and I spent probably, it took me almost like seven months to smoke the Bible. Um, but then that guy, Poppy Pole came back. Like he came back. He literally came back to in seven months and no man in ever in my life has like come back like mm-hmm. and said, Hey, mm-hmm. you matter to me. I'm not, I came back on my own. I'm not with my group. Like how, what happened in that? Yeah. What did you see? What did you read in that Bible? See, that's where I got my intentionality from because um, Pappy Pole was intentional. Like this old guy, like yeah. came back and he was intentional about being in a place that I was in and just to see how I was doing. And so, man, it, yeah. I, so he gave me another Bible because um, I told him I smoked that one, but we talked about it. And um, it was... He says, what is the main verse that stuck out to you? And I says, 1 John 5, 11 and 12. And it says, this is a testament that God has given us eternal life. And in his life is in his son. He who has the son of God has life. 
And who does not have the son of God does not have life. And so I was like, I read that, you know, for one time again. And I said, and I read through all the gospels and Psalms and Proverbs and nothing really like took effect in my life. But that verse was like, I want to have a life beyond what this jail cell is going to be. Right. And so I gave my life to Jesus on a toilet uh, in prison. And then I was let out. There's a lot more to the story. It's just long and it's like, there's so much to it. But then I was let out of prison and and I, all misdemeanors, we went through court, 18 Mm. months, going to be tried as an adult, went through court and I got out. The minute I walked out of the prison um, in Castaic Lake, it's actually the farm, they call it. um, My old gang guys shot me and they tried to kill me. What? Yeah. So, so I was like, okay, crazy. So I have a bullet hole through my arm, goes into my chest. And then I was rushed to um, UCLA Medical Center and they they took care of me there. Um, But six months later, I walk out of the hospital and I'm like, mm. my, my friends are some friends that are church people or like, we're going to have to get you out of here. So I moved to Fresno, California to run and escape. Um, but then I started, yeah. I went to a pastor's door, there's Peach Baptist Church. That's what it was called a P, on Peach Road in, in, in uh, Fresno. And so I knocked on his door and I said, uh, hey, can you like disciple me? Um, can you like teach me about the Bible? And I need to do this like every day. Cause I, I need accountability. Mm-hmm. I need, I need somebody to like help me. And the pastor said, he goes, ah, no. we do that on Sunday and Wednesdays. And I'm like, okay, what does that <laughs> oh, really? mean? <laughs> and, and he goes, that's when we like work with people. And I says, I go, no, I, I need like everyday stuff. I need to like live with somebody or be able to like, come and get this. I gotta be better. I, I don't know how to be a Christian. I don't know like a lot of this stuff. So yep. I need to learn it. And, and in Acts 2, it still talks about community and like in the Bible. And I want that community. And aren't you the shepherd? And aren't you the leader? Because you, you're like, run this church, right? And he goes, okay. He goes, hold yeah. on. Let me pray about it. So he gives me a call and he says, hey, I want you at my house, 530 every night for dinner. He says, you can't be a punk. Mm. I have a, I have a bunch of kids and we'll show you what it's like to be a Christian. And I thought, Hmm, challenge accepted. So I took it. And, wow. uh, but, but I had uh-huh. to be an intentional about getting better because nobody was helping me. Like, but I know who was helping me all along and taking care of me was the Holy spirit. Right. And so the, mm-hmm. the Holy spirit yeah. was taking care of me and leading me and guiding me. And it wasn't, I didn't know what that was. Right. I knew that there was a, I read about the Holy spirit, but I didn't know like Jesus left him for the disciples, but I didn't really realize that he left him for me too. Right. Mind blowing thing. The yeah. Holy spirit, yeah. Right. So, and I thought, okay, so we started doing this study and I started like, eating dinner with them and they'll read, read their Bibles right after dinner. And we'll talk about the gospel and intentional. And Jim was very intentional about mm-hmm. the gospel. And then he said to me, he goes, all right, you're going to work. You're coming to eat Wednesday nights. We have a wanna. And I went, Awana, what's that? And he goes, well, we play a bunch of games and we bring a lot of kids and we do these things. And he goes, he goes, but I want you to be the game director. I want you to like work with these kids. And I'm like, kids, 
I'm like, I, I don't think so. I don't know how to act around kids. Like I'm, I'm like a kid myself. I'm like Not, 19, 20 years old. And uh, you know, I I'm here for like, just to get better and then get on with my life. And he says, so yes, yeah, so I became an Awana director, you know, and approved uh, <laughs> workmen's are not ashamed. Right. So I was a game guy and I was doing games and I was getting yeah. gospel and I was able to gospel the kids. And um, yeah, then I ended up uh, leaving Fresno, going back to LA and not being mm. scared of anything. Um, but I, but after a year and a half of wow. discipleship, I said to myself, be intentional about what you do every day of your life. Don't be in depression because that's yesterday. And don't be in anxiety because that's tomorrow. Yeah. Live your life now. Do what you got to do today. Mm. So I started taking care of my business today. Yep. Right. And then one thing led to another. Mm. I ended up in Bible college. I ended up going to seminary. I ended up doing Promise Keeper t-shirts. I had my own t-shirt company. Um, major, you know, here I am 21 years old with a company making all those ugly purple shirts for promise keepers, you know? So, um, so I was contacted <laughs> out to do that. And, um, that was my first business that I was able to actually run and sell. Um, and then I've been doing that ever since. Wow. Yeah. So, so what, at which point was it during any of this time of your discipleship and everything that you discovered it was the Holy spirit or was that a reflection later on? No. When did right. that, when did that awareness, man, when, um, when I started reading more in the Bible and digging in during discipleship, God left us a helper. Like, so I, I always say it's God wanted it or God, God got it. The Holy spirit wanted yep. it and Jesus did it, you know? And then mm. all, it took three, it took those three to do it. And, and then it's like, when I was like, well, Jesus left. So if Jesus is gone, then what's inside me? Why the change? Why am I happy? Why do I have this joy? And and, and so I started studying the Holy yeah. Spirit. Like, what does that mean in your life? And you can tell somebody that's filled with the Holy Spirit when they have fruit in their life, when they have that mm -hmm. abundance of fruit, yeah. right? That peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all the things that is, that's fruitfulness, right? That's being fruity. And so it's like, I look at it like, I want that every day in my life. I want that every day. And so I intentionally yeah. ran after and asking the Holy Spirit to consume me, not to fill me, because when you're filled, you tip over, you can empty, mm -hmm. right? Consume me, <laughs> in me and through me, not mm -hmm. of me, that I can love oh. people yeah. without barriers or boundaries. I can love intentionally mm. and I can make sure that I can yep. um, do what God wants me to do instead of what I want to do. And trust me, I like doing what I want to mm. do, but sometimes God stops you and says, yeah. listen, yeah. you know? So, yeah. And then I became a youth pastor owned it. I never got paid by the church. Um, I was always entrepreneurial and yeah. um, making starting mm -hmm. businesses, selling businesses, um, doing the, doing things that I knew that, um, would make a difference in people's lives where I didn't have to take money from the church intentional, right? I could go mm. to the church and be broke yeah. Yeah. or I can go get a job and do really well and then give to the church and then watch what God does sure. with abundance. Right. So I was like, right. So right. I was that guy, right. I, I, I was 
So the biggest thing that I struggled with is workaholism. You know, I'm a workaholic and I just work, work, work and work. And I, and I run at a different pace than most people. I call I call the group that I mm-hmm. run with is a two percent club, you know, because we run just at a different pace. We don't get tired, we don't get burned out. It's just rhythmatic. It's what we do. And so to this day, yeah. from everything that I did from thirty five years ago to right now to today, I've been trying to be intentional about everything that I have done with raising my girls, taking time away from work, you know, not caring mm-hmm. if the money's coming in. Because when you don't care about money coming in, the money comes in. It's the wildest thing. That's the wildest right. thing. So. Let me ask you a question, Pineapple, because you started in business so early and your intentionality, you really have a good heart and good mind around this. Did you ever run into any times, and I'm going to ask kind of in two fronts, where you got distracted from like you got, you got off course on like you, you had figured it out. It's not about the money and things. And then all of a sudden the world pulled you into that or anyone came in and confronted you like, Hey, you can't keep doing it this way. You know, because the world likes to tell you there's a different way to do it that because that re- what you're talking about really is God's way. I mean, his way of doing it is you trust him and go. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. But- I put it this way. I left a seven figure job or a work that I was doing. Seven figures. I took Lear jets to, I flew around the world doing things that was mm. work, but I put the gospel in that work. So I used my workplace to actually help with schools yep. in Ethiopia and Africa and China. And, and I took the workplace and I said, I'm going to take this market that people are going to pay me to do some weird stuff that they could do on their own, but they're going to pay me to do it. And so I'll take their money and I'll fly in their jets, but I'm going to use it to spread the gospel. So I said, I will take that. And people are like, you can't be spreading the gospel. Like you're paid to do this. And I says, Hey, you pay me for eight. <laughs> I get to play for eight and I sleep eight. That's my day. So you yeah. get eight. I take yeah. eight yeah. and I sleep eight, 24 hours, man. That's what I do. So I'll work for you for eight hours a day intentionally. And I'll do that job. And then I'm going to yeah. play, do my job, God's job for eight hours intentionally mm-hmm. and do what I like. And then I'll take that rest and I'll sleep for eight hours. So that's how I divide my day up is Who? three eights. I love that. I love that. I mean, it's so spot on to what God would want from us, but I like my, the question that wants to come to mind is who taught you that? Holy right? Spirit, man. Is that just something that like the Holy, they kind of came out of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Holy Spirit. Cause nobody runs like that. Everybody will work 12 hours, 15 hours and they'll grind and they'll kill themselves and they'll think they're achieving everything. And they're like, they're, they're, they're chasing this (laughs) dream of achievement of wealth yet they're losing their soul and their family. And I'm like, no way, man. When I have kids, I'm going to intentionally love my kids. I'm going to love my wife and I'm going to actually make sure my kids are amazing. And so I said to him when I had babies, um, we, I had twins right off the bat. I'm like, Oh, thank you, Lord. Woo. And girls. Like, I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord. Um, and then, you know, 14 months later we have another girl and I'm like three girls in car seats and diapers. This is wonderful. God. And, and the Lord yeah. says, enjoy them. And I'm like, what does that mean? Mm. I don't know how to raise kids. I don't know. And he says, love my, and yeah. he brought the verse to my, to me, love your neighbor. And my kids are my closest neighbor. 
right? Because they live mm-hmm. with me. They're mm-hmm. my neighbors. So and, and not only that, yeah. my kids are my kids. They're my brothers. Th- those are my sisters in the Lord. Yeah. So it's a different mindset. Amen. And and so I was like, okay, yeah. well, how do I love them well? God, like, how do I, how do you want me? And he says, you have to be intentional about spending time with them because a lot of people will say, I have three babies to raise and they'll chase after that. They'll chase after the money. They'll chase after things and they'll lose the time. And then they all of a sudden wake up one day and go, where did the time go? My kids are 18 and moving out of the house. What happened to the time? So with me, my kids, I have two in college right now and one in senior in high school. I get to wake up in the morning and go, man, I spent a lot of time with my kids. They saw the world. They got to go places with me. We've been to, I think my, I have the most, I think my daughter says I have traveled more than most people I know in our, in our, (laughs) and I says, yeah, Yeah. because she's been to almost every state in the U S we've been to, and I, so what I used to do is take June off. I took the whole month of June when school Mm -hmm. got out and I intentionally invested into my family. 24 hours, seven days a week, raising my kids and showing them the better things that are out there for them. Like, here's the big picture of life, but then here's what God wants for you. And so I, my personal mm-hmm. opinion, I have the best kids in the world. My, my daughters are amazing women. Yeah. So it's, and it's all yeah. glory to God, not me. And, you know, but God really installed right. and actually filled them with the Holy Spirit and they're intentional. They live their life intentional. It's wild. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What have you, um, maybe here's a better question along the journey. What are some of the, I'd love to hear a story or any experience you've had of someone who's like, you can't do that. You can't do it that way. But in the process, no, no, no. But in the process, they began to see that it worked and you helped them shift their own intentionality. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, so I ran, um, I owned a cell phone stores, several of them. Right. And, um, they were, as I was running this business, I had cell phone stores. We had 32 employees were rocking it, um, in the Midwest. And a guy that was one of our direct leads and partners is like, you cannot continue doing this thing the way you're doing it. You're going to, you're going to fizzle out and you're going to burn out and you're, you're just not going to, and you, you, your store is talking to people about Jesus. Like all your employees are like, here's a cell phone, but let me tell you about this Jesus thing. And he says, and you got all this corporate stuff in here and you have Bible tracks everywhere. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And he says, you, you're not going to have, you're not going to have customers. And I said, I don't mm. care. And he's like, he's like, there's no way you're going to be able to do this and, and really maintain this. And so what, what's great about it, um, God actually brought me one of the biggest customers um, ever, um, which they needed 2000 lines. And so, and so that took me about a month to get right. together. Right. And, and the, the direct yeah. guy or market guy says, ask the other person, well, why this store? Why this place? Like, why are you bring? Why aren't you going to the corporate instead? Why are you coming here? And the, the guy said, "Because they share hope. 
and they're giving away mm. hope, not only with the phones, but there's joy in this place. And I want to do business with that. I want to do business with people that are like-minded like me and they're going to get my business. And yep. you know, it might take a while. And so the guy, the district manager is like, well, they should, you should come to the corporate. And he's like, no, I'm not going to the corporate. I'm going to your dealer because your dealer is dealing hope. And people get saved here. People get hope yeah. here. People get loved here. It's not this like, let's make a transition transaction and be done. It's like, let's do life together and we'll take care of you down the road. And that's what he wanted for all of his company worldwide, mm -hmm. that we would take care of anything that came up. And because we're intentional, we were, we were that way, oh, you know? And so that's part And then. So yep. the guy that was the over me, that's kind of the representative for the corporate, he said, he goes, okay, I get it. I get it. And I says, what do you get? And he goes, I get kindness wins. <laughs> and I said, no, hope wins. Hope in Jesus Christ, man. Hope That's wins. what yeah. wins. I says, when people know that you're sold out for Jesus and you take a stand and you still do this corporate thing, you're still in business, but you don't have to separate the two. You can love the Lord your God with all your heart yep. and all your soul and sell phones. You could do that. You can sell Cheerios, <laughs> right. you know, you could do what, whatever it is, wherever yeah. you're at. And if you know, just even though this is why I never took a job at the church, because I tell people go out and be a missionary at your workplace. And if I sat yeah. in, a, in a church yeah. and I told people that, and I'm not doing that myself, they're like, well, what do you know? And I'm like, I know business. Yeah, I'm doing true. business. I'm loving God. I work at the church, volunteer. I'm doing this thing, same as you guys do, but I go to do a job. And they're like, oh, I yeah. get it. I get it. You're, you're being the example. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm being intentional because that's what God tells us to do. He's never said to go get paid by a church. Mm -hmm. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, yeah. with all your soul, and all your mind. He didn't say go sit in a in a church and wait for people to come to you. He says, go out and make disciples, yo. He says, go quickly, run yeah. and make disciples. <laughs> and I'm like, and I took that literally. Matthew 28 is my mm. favorite chapter of the Bible because Jesus wasn't there. So I get to be here with you today because we have the same belief. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you get to counsel with other business owners, other men, other families and things like that. Where do you get the biggest pushback? Oh, on this? the work, because the, the work message thing. that you're talking. Yeah. Yeah. How do I, how do I provide Talk for my family if more. I'm not doing 18 hours a week or 18 hours a day? You know, where's it going to come from? I have to go out and work and do it. I have to go out and be the breadwinner. Yeah. And I said, you need to be the bread giver mm. and stop being the breadwinner. A lot mm. of people, a lot of people out there yeah. want to win bread. So they gamble. They take a gamble on their relationships. They take a gamble on life. They take a gamble at business. They're, like, they're, they're wanting yep. to win something. It's a gamble. But when you're intentional about making the bread, right? You're kneading it, you're molding it, mm. you're setting it aside to let it rise. And then you're baking it and then you're cutting it and it's good. Take the time. And that's why I tell these guys, you yes. have to take the time to make the bread instead of try to win it. 
It's so crazy to me. And I would love your opinion on that. Why do we, because that's what the Holy Spirit does, right? That's exactly how God works. It's yeah. why I do the return on attention show. I want more stories like this, stories like this, but why do you think, why do you think the world today is so resistant to that? Is it just the enemy or, I mean, is there more to it? Or? <laughs> no, it's lack of disbelief. They don't know what they believe. They believe so much. Mm, like they believe, they believe what they believe. They go to church and they believe what they, the pastor told them, right? And so they go for the hour or 15 yes. minutes or whatever, and they get that 20 minute message and they go, oh, yeah, you're telling me the truth. This is great. And they don't dig for themselves, right? So <laughs> what they end up doing is they they know what they believe because somebody told them, but they don't ever discover what they don't believe what God says. See, the big thing is disbelief. Mm. What is it that you disbelieve that God can't do that you're trying to do, right? You don't think God can bring you a- No, say that again. That's so good. You got to say that again. Say yeah. that again. So it's the disbelief, right? It's what are you not yeah. trusting God for? And it's like- we try to do stuff in for God, but yet here is God already has done it and we just don't believe it. Right. I love it. Cause people are right. like, man, they either pineapple, they either hate you or love you. And I go, I love people that hate me. <laughs> and they go, why? I says, because I'm going to tell them the truth and I'm not going to beat around the bush about it. I'm going to tell them that, Hey, you're ruining your life. Yeah. What, what you're doing. I had a young kid come in and he's yep. 25 years old and he's like, man, I, I, he called off his wedding. He's supposed to get married this weekend. And, and he, they called off their wedding. And I said, I go, why did you call off your wedding? And he goes, cause I'm, I just don't, I want to, I, I have a porn addiction and, and I don't know how to get over it. And I says, I know how you can get over your porn addiction. I says, remember there's, I want you to, you're a Christian, right? You believe in God. He says, yes. I said, all right, the God of the universe, they created the heavens, the stars, and he separated land from water and he created this earth and he mm. stands outside the galaxy. God wants to have a relationship with you. And when the God of the universe is in you, how can you do the things that you do? You shouldn't be doing those things in the way mm. you, that's the Holy Spirit in you. And he doesn't want to see those things because your yep. body is the temple. He's moved in, right? You became a Christian. You said, Lord, come Amen. and forgive me of my sins. And then the Holy Spirit moves in. The, the, the Spirit of the Lord moves in and he takes residency in us, right? It's like crazy. And then, then, yes. you, then you want to look at your porn yeah. and, and expect God to be rhythmatic with you and showing you and giving you direction when you are like you're really blocking the Holy spirit. And, you know, and when God is like, Hey, yeah. where did, where did Eric go? And the Holy spirit says, well, see all that blood over there. <laughs> see all that blood, God, that all that blood of your son. Well, he's behind that, you know, he's, he's sitting right now and he's in that, he's, he's in that blood and you can't see him Lord. Sorry. Cause he's a sinner. He's sinned and he's in his, he's doing his own thing right now. But Lord, He's going to come out of it. Yeah, He's going to come out of it. See, right? The Holy yeah. Spirit is our communicator, yeah. our, our intercessor, right? He he translates our bad behavior to and blocks it from God. He can't yeah. see it. And, and he's communicating with, yeah. hey, Eric is not home right now. He's out. But see all that blood? Um, all that blood your son covered? He's behind that, Lord. And so and it's yeah. kind of like if we really truly believe 
of anything in our lives that we just need to repent. We need to say, I'm sorry and mm. do it no more and do it intentionally. See, everything that we do is yeah. with intention. Yeah. We sin with intention. We do good things yeah. with intention. We give with intention. We don't give with intention, right? There's a lot of people that go to church today that won't mm. give a dime, right? Until somebody dies and then they write or want to, then they want to write a check because they need the pastor to pray for them. It's the wildest thing. Right, right. Again, intentionality. Yeah. We, it seems, you, no, that picture, though, that you just described of the Holy Spirit and the blood is a beautiful, beautiful picture. I really thank you for sharing that because that's just, I've never heard anybody describe it that way. It's exactly right. I mean, it's just a beautiful picture. Um, but one of the things I keep hearing you saying is we're, we're a country full of people with a lot of knowledge, but maybe no wisdom meaning that the entire wisdom of scripture is there and available to us, but we want somebody else to tell us what it says, not consume it for ourselves. And it's in, I think it's, you know, waiting for somebody else to tell you what scripture says, you're never going to get it. You'll get 15 minutes, 15 minutes a week. You're not going to get the whole thing. Do the math 20 minutes a week. Right. (laughs) Imagine, imagine going to work 20 minutes a week, trying to run a business for 20 minutes a week. (laughs) Right. Trying to do your life for 20 minutes a week. It doesn't work. Mm. You only have, so you get no. five hours a month, you know? I mean, you just, you're going for the 20 minutes, but yet it's a life consumption thing. It's like, man, it's like when you discover who God is and you're like, whoa, I don't think people have been mind blown about yeah. the father. I don't think they've been like, Poof, like, whoa, right? When I became a Christian, it was like, whoa, like seriously, the God of the universe. And I still think about this every day. I think about the Holy Spirit moving in me, like he's living in me, dwelling in me, and he wants to affect people around me. And that doesn't even take any coin. That Mm -hmm. just takes availability. That doesn't take money. That's it. That's it. It it just be available to do what God wants you to do. And, but a lot of people go, well, when I get to the next million, man, the next million, you're going to want another million. Yeah. Then you're going to want another million. That's right. And then when you stop wanting a million, yeah. this is funny. Check this story out. So I asked the Lord in 2018, um, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, um, can you, uh, I would like my business to do $3.4 million in, um, mm-hmm. in a year. That's what I want to, to make 3.4. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay. And then the mission calls and says, Hey, the mission's failing. <laughs> Can you come work for us? And I'm like, mm. no, I have goals. I wanted to make $3.4 million yeah. so I can take some and do some great stuff with it. And they're like, yeah, well, we'll, we'll pay you like $60,000 a year. And I went, 60,000 to 3.4 million. <laughs> I think I paid more right. more in taxes last year than what you're willing to pay me. You know, so I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, but God said to say yes. So I did. God used a couple of people in my lives that called me out of nowhere and they said, hey, one guy was in Los Angeles. He says, whatever decision you're going to make right now, say yes. And I said, okay, I'll say yes. Mm. Another guy calls me, Tim, and he says, do the same thing. They don't even know each other. One guy's from Nashville, one guy's from Los Angeles, and they're both calling me on the same day. Whatever decision you're going to make right now, it's a go. And I went. Wow. Yeah, right? 
So I called the board up and I talked to one of the board members and said, Mark, it's a go. I'll do it. And he goes, good, because uh, we're in trouble. And I said, what do you mean we're in trouble? He says, yeah, yeah we have $39,000 in the bank. <laughs> we have a $65,000 payroll mm. and we, you know, to get out for the bills and everything. And we are, uh, we're bankrupt. And they, we're six months behind everything right now. We're six months behind payments and we're six months behind our our mortgage and all these things. And we owe the gas company six months and we owe the electric company and they're bouncing employee checks and stuff and they don't have any money. He says, so either you're going to sell the place or we're going to fix the place. And this is December 10th of 2019. December 10th of 2019. Yeah, and I'm like, COVID. yeah. And then we have to do Christmas, right? So I'm like, how are we going to do Christmas? Because we yeah. serve all these people during Christmas. And the last people, they just canceled. Oh, yes. Yeah. They just canceled it. They're like, no Christmas. Mm. And I'm like, that's not the mission. The mission for ever, all these years has been doing Christmas. And so we're going to do Christmas. So I had to make some phone calls to people I know to say, hey, um, I took over this mission. We're broke. I don't have any money and I need your help. And they were like, okay, hmm. I maybe can help. Tell me the story. So I told them about the mission, told them what I was doing. The guy that I, I went, I used to go to Africa with this gentleman and we used to work in the Ebola crisis in 15, 16 and 17. So we would go spend time in, in Africa helping with Ebola. Um, this guy, him and myself got sick at the same time with Ebola and, you know, so they, we got, we lived, right? So, um, so we fly back and he says, if you ever need anything, call me. I, know, I hate to do this because, so we're going to have like three minutes left oh. in the show. Okay. They're going to, cause they cut us off at 40. Gotcha. I know where the story's going, but do not miss the God punchline on this for everybody. Yeah. So, so finish, but I don't, I, I, what a great, Yep. So I call this guy. His, his his information was in my wallet, and I took out his card, and it just had his name on it. And so I called him and told him the story. Um, before December twenty fourth, man, I had one hundred and thirty thousand dollars in my bank um, because of this guy. Mm -hmm. Not nowhere near the mission. Nowhere near. And so, yeah. and then check this out. Um, that the from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. That that year, I brought in three point four million dollars to the mission. <laughs> of course, because you asked God for three point four million, right? He gave it to me, not mine, but it's for yeah. him. But those that was my number, you know. And so at that time, I was able to. And our budget at that time was two point eight or two point two million, right? that I built this budget up to that I wanted wow. to do. And then we brought in a million dollars more and I was able to sock away a million dollars in the bank and pay off a lot of debt. And to this day, I have my 52 employees that God is really taking care of. We have everybody not living in poverty that works for me in a mission. And we are doing so much, but yet God has placed a million dollars in our bank to take care of our employees. Not only that, we pay 70% mm. of their insurance, you know, for our employees. The mission does that. Not only that, that we, they get food boxes and they get free food and shoes and all that stuff at the mission because of what God is doing, not what we're doing. Right. And check this one. Out. Here's the big one. Yeah. This is the biggest one of them all. We just start a, a third floor for families, like a family center and 
it's going to be mm. about $850,000 and I have $780,000 now. And, you know, so we're getting there and then they're like, well, why don't you build on more? It's just another million dollars. And I'm like, well, maybe we will. I says, if God says go, we go. Yeah. And so, right. But we're doing right. it and it's, and, it, and I just want to tell people, if you don't step out in faith and step in front of it, you're going to hide from it. And you're going to stay below the line. You need to become, as a Christian, you need to become above the line. And above the line means I'm going to be intentional about loving Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit to move in me and through me and not anything of me and relying on God and not yourself. Intentionality. Mm, That's so good. I tell a lot of believers, I said, you know, the difference between you and Peter is Peter got out of the boat. Mm-hmm. Pineapple, you are a man who gets out of the boat when Jesus calls you. And I'm so thankful for you. Hey, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, follow what's going on at the mission, anything like that, what's the best way for people to, for our guests to do that? Yeah. UGM Sioux Falls.com. So it's UGM Sioux Falls.com. Okay. Come to our web, come visit us in South Dakota, see what God is doing. You know, it's, it is wild. I mean, and it's going to get cold, but man, we take care. We do 150,000 meals a year. Right. And my budget for food is only 25 grand. Wow. Like, think about that. I spend $25,000 on food, but we do 150,000 meals a year. Right. You can't do that. Only God. Only God can do that. Right. It's the wild. He can. We we give out over 700. We're going to run out of time. Peace out. Thank you so much for joining me for the Kingdom ROI Return on Intention podcast. If you're a business owner or a family who recognizes that what you're doing in your family's living room matters more than what you do in the boardroom or advisors conference rooms, you're open to sharing the ups and downs of the journey and would like to be a guest on the show, then I'd like to invite you to apply by visiting our website, www.kingdomroi.org. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up. Ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, www.kingdomroi.org, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Kingdom ROI Strategist, signing off. Until next time.